0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy.
1: I'm glad that I'm Bruce. How about that? I'm glad you're Bruce too. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are glad you're Bruce. Hello. It's good. It's good to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I bring it up that way mostly because, uh, because of the topic that we've chosen for this week—decks that we wish we hadn't built—or. Decks that we didn't build because we knew better, but for the most part, it's <laughs> decks we built and wish we hadn't or, well, variations on that theme. So yeah. the idea was that uh, when we came, when we started talking about this, it was... Um, we hear, you hear a lot I mean we've done a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts about some of our favorite mm-hmm. some of our favorite decks sure. and and that's well and good and a lot of other podcasts, a lot of other uh, plenty of articles have been written about decks that people enjoy playing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought well, we thought that it would be interesting to talk about decks we, we wish we hadn't played or decks we wish we hadn't built at all, discuss the reasons behind it. We're not going to go so much into uh, into card by card issues because it really doesn't come down to a card by card. I mean, right? If it was the card that was the issue, you take the card out <laughs> and then enjoy the deck. Mm. Uh, this is because we thought we were getting something, and then over the course of gameplay, realized that's not what we were getting.
0: Yeah, there's something so, about yeah the the mm. the idea conceptually versus in practice. Because it's just like it seems like it's going to be a fun thing, or right. I mean, d- but then it you, it turns out to be supremely uh, oppressive. Or um, I mean, there's there's so many different different things going on right uh, in this realm that we just kind of wanted to pick it apart and talk about it conceptually. Right. Yeah. Uh, like for me, for instance, All right. Uh, let's let's dive right into yes. it. I uh, um, I don't know if this is a deck that I like regret building. But it's definitely a deck that I, like, have a hard time playing uh, because um, I've been... I wanted to build the deck for so long. Uh, it is the three-color Omnath deck. Okay. Um, it If people don't know, th- uh, three-color Omnath. Omnath yes. Locus of the Royal, I
1: believe. Uh, it's a legendary creature elemental. When Omnath Locus of the Royal enters the battlefield. It deals damage to any target equal to the number of elementals you control. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on target elemental you control. If you control eight or more lands, draw a card. And it's a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. So, um,
0: it's it's for four mana, which is pretty nice, so that you get to your fourth turn or
1: so. I mean, you're playing green, so right. it's probably like... You oh, can could, could yes. play it. To be fair... Uh, Locus uh, Omnath, Locus of the Royal. It's one a green, a blue, and a red. So mm. uh, I didn't go through the colors when oh, I while uh, it go. off. It's so.
0: it's a yeah. it's a teamer deck, um, and I mean, the deck builds itself. You put a lot of a lot of elementals in it, and you put a lot of ways to put a lot of lands down. Like that's the deck builds itself. Right. The lucky thing, or the the nice thing about Elemental Tribal is that element or elementals end up having a lot of etbs that severely affect the board okay um like even the cheap ones which is great that said uh the reason that i like have such a hard time with this deck is because playing it um and that like maybe i may be out of my depth here but uh it is it does a lot on your turn your turns end up being like stacks of triggers, them resolving, figuring out what you do next, and like it involves a lot of uh, like drawing, figuring out, sequencing, and going from there. So you're already slowing down your turn a lot. To your opponents, it seems like you're doing a lot. Like sometimes you are. Um, but when you get to that last step and it, you come out the other side with like, I don't know. 10 cards in hand and not really much to show for it, then it's like, all right, you just wasted everyone's time. It's a lot of wheel spinning. If you don't put the money into it. And then if you put the money into it to like make the deck a little bit more consistent, then it becomes oppressive. Um, or at least like hard to deal for a lack of a better term. It is, uh, a little higher powered than our normal meta. Mm-hmm. Um, with little effort put in so like that that deck like i wanted to build it for so long i finally built it i like playing it for the most part um but when you know the the slightest thing turns into like an like a like a snowball of effects that don't affect the board too much but because they are effects and they you build up the stack to tear it down type of thing um you become the target pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. Well, I I look at, I look at this particular Omneth and especially once you've, once you've got that, or once you play the eighth land, Mm -hmm. because at that point, every land you play, it's a plus one, plus one counter and draw a card. And that's just, just from playing the land. Right. Forget about whatever happens, what happens outside of that. Um, and if you happen to have a turn where you're playing Omnath, then dropping a land that's either eight or more, you've got a whole bunch of stuff that are going on, and the deck is full of a lot of uh, a lot of little things. So Andy, like you're saying, it takes a long time, where the net result is just not a lot, right? But it looks like a lot, so you end up getting this target when nesse- when. There are times when, yes, when I think you should be the target. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But there are times when it's, you know, there, there's a lot of wheel spinning that goes on here. Um, yeah.
0: There's definitely been, like, a few times in the deck's lifespan. I mean, I think I've had it for, I don't know, six, seven months at this point, um, if that. And it, uh, there there have been enough times where I'm now at the point where I'm like, well, if people are just going to target me now that I just like have like they know the commander maybe I do spend a little bit of money to tune it right. in. I added things like Lotus Cobra the, sure the uh, which makes sense in the deck yeah absolutely m- Mono Green Omnath um, and uh, my favorite piece Ashaya um, mm-hmm. who turns all of your creatures into land so like you were saying right. you play a land you get the plus one plus one counter and draw a card now mm. also on top of that you play a creature you get a plus one plus one counter and draw a card it's like yeah. a makeshift Great Henge for much cheaper. Right. Um But uh, overall, the deck just, it's wheel spinny. And uh, I don't know if I necessarily want to mm. put in the effort and money into making it a deck that when I see people outside of the play group,
1: maybe I pull it out. But. See, it's interesting because um, I don't think it's just the wheel spin. Mm-hmm that leads to the problem because, I mean, I play I mean, I mean, play a, my Vorel deck and to me, Vorel is very much, at least my <laughs> version of the deck, is very much a lot of spinning wheels. And yes, eventually, if you get enough other creatures and other things in play and you can do all sorts of things, then, yeah, then it starts to become a threat. But for the most part with Vorel, there's a lot of spinning wheels. Uh, you, you double... Double counters on something that usually end up being irrelevant. Mm. And then I say go. And then everybody looks at what I've done and they're like, that creature just got bigger. That's right. it.
0: Because Pharrell's
1: so, just one target, right? Yes. Oof. And when you look at for but when you're when you're an opponent looking at what I've done, you're like, wow, he spent a lot of time you know, setting this up so he could tap this, to untap this, to tap this, to swing this, to double this, to undo it, to possibly double it again. It's like, well, congratulations. So instead of having two counters on your vivid land, I now have eight or something. You know, it, it's it's something that's almost irrelevant. Now it's not the vivid lands. You can't double the lands with Varel. But I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, it, it just... Yeah. It, it In the end... It doesn't appear like you've done anything of relevance. And to be fair, most of the time with Varel, you haven't. Uh, <laughs> my Varel deck is significantly right. underpowered. But Yeah, you don't have uh, any planeswalkers. You don't have any. Right. Right. Yeah. The difficulty with Omnath is you spin the wheels, and in the end, you've drawn a couple cards, usually, uh, possibly done some damage. Uh, you've got. You know, a creature or a handful of creatures that look sort of threatening. So it looks bad, mm-hmm. but it's not so bad that you're in a position, or it's not, you haven't done so much that you're now in a position where you can, where you can be the arch enemy. Right. The concerted effort of, the, of, of three other players who all think you're the bad guy is going to take this deck down, and it's <laughs> going to take it down quick. Yeah. Like, it, it just doesn't, it, it's not that strong. I think what's
0: funny, too, is so, that, like, you know, I, I've i been slowly getting into the idea of playing more counters because, like, right. I don't generally, like, outside of my pirate deck, mm-hmm. I really don't play any. Um, and it ends up being a problem because then I am almost always left open. Like, I'm not going to buy Heroic Intervention for $20 or whatever it is. I've got Snakeskin Veil, which right great. Uh, but um, I end up not having as much protection as I need. I can I can remove things, uh-huh. and I can do all these other things, but the protection of, you know, whatever is not there. Uh, but it's still... It, it's it's a deck that I'm, like, hard-pressed to power up because then it is more... It's almost too powerful for right. the playgroup, but if I power it down, then it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of why it's a deck that I don't. Uh, right. I wish that I, not necessarily didn't build, but
1: mm-hmm. learning experience. Given the choice mm-hmm. between that deck and another deck that you would play, mm-hmm. do you consistently? Could you usually choose the other deck, or or does or are you sort of? I mean, for me, uh, for the most part, with my decks, I roll a die, so I pick the de- I pick the deck at random because. Uh, I want to try and play all of my decks, mm-hmm. so I try and choose a random selection mostly because you know, if you're not choosing at random and you're choosing the one you want, invariably you choose the newest one or your favorite one and just run those. And I really want to mix it up and I've got over 12 commander decks <laughs> now, so if I don't roll the die and, and go that route, then there are some decks that I just will never play. Yeah, I think with
0: with Omnath. So like, I'm getting to the point where my I have more decks than yeah. my, my bag can carry. Right. Uh, so I'm like, well, I need to I need to figure out what I want to play before I even leave the house in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but granted, I usually just leave my bag full of those decks anyway. Yeah. I mean, God forbid I have a fire. Um, just grab the bag. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think uh. I can generally look in my bag, feel out what I want to do. And sometimes it is the Omnath thing. I there are, but I there are definitely more games that I've been like, "Ooh, like I want to play Omnath, but I don't think now is the time." Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, there's definitely been more of those scenarios okay. that, than I would like for a deck that I play more often. Right. I see a, I see a deck here, Bruce, that I know you're just itching to talk about. Well,
1: but when we came up with this topic, um, this was the deck that, that immediately was front and center. Yeah. I, I mean, I, of all the decks I have, this is the one where um, when I roll the die, when this one comes up, I look at it and I think long and hard. It's like, okay, do I need to roll again? Hmm. Because I'm not sure that I want to play this deck. Um, so the deck is uh, is my Kalidus deck. It's uh, The commander is Kalidas Trader of Get um so kalita's
0: trader of get is two black black for a three four legendary creature vampire warrior oh is this your vampire tribal deck um (laughs) it has lifelink uh it says if a non-token creature an opponent controls would die instead exile that card and put a two two black zombie creature token onto the battlefield uh it has an activated ability of two and a black and sacrifice another vampire or zombie put two plus one plus one counters on kalita's traitor of get something i just realized reading this card is that token creatures do die yes i mean yeah token creatures do die which is fascinating no because i've always hated this deck for uh for tasa purposes (laughs)
1: well i will say that that the the effect uh, that you're looking for um it only works for the non-token creature right so if if a token creature dies uh you don't exile it and I don't get a zombie. So I can't, uh, if one of my zombie tokens dies, uh, I don't get another zombie token to replace it. Right. So, I mean, they don't want to create that loop. That's the reason it's. I'm pretty sure that's the reason it says non-token. But, um, so for Kalidas, when I built it, my initial thought was this could be cool because what's going to happen, I'm going to find a way to kill some of my opponent's creatures, uh, I'm going to make these 2-2 zombies. I'm going to sack those zombies and other zombies in the deck and some vampires. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make Kalidus huge because he's going to get all these plus one, plus one counters. Yeah. And I'm actually, and he has lifelink. So I'm going to gain life when he swings. And if he swings and gets blocked, I gain a ton of life. If he swings and does damage, well, then I'm doing commander damage. And this is going to be really cool. So my thought was, you know... Build a deck that makes a bunch of a bunch of creatures and a bunch of ways to kill my opponent's creatures um, that can make some zombie tokens um, because the second ability the two in a black and sacrifice another vampire zombie means it doesn't say non-token so I can sack tokens and I thought this is going to be a lot of fun because you know I'll get to make him big uh, put some evasion on him maybe some protection it'll go well and my opponents are even going to enjoy this because, you know, when it comes right down to it, it's Voltron. Right. There are very obvious ways to deal with a Volt- uh, with an opponent running a Voltron deck. And for the most part, if you're running Voltron, well, if you're attacking one player, because that's what you're going to do, because it's commander damage, you're not getting help from anybody else <laughs> on this. Then you focus on one person, the other two leave you alone. They let him get as big as you want him to get. And then when that other person's dead, if it looks like they're going to come your way... Then they deal with your commander, and, you know, you had a little bit of fun, but, you know, then it just gets stuffed. Um, the other part was the first paragraph. If a non-token creature and opponent controls would die, exile that card. Stop right there. So what what happens is Kalidus says, anybody who's playing a deck that uses the graveyard to any extent is now shit out of luck. Because... <laughs> Kalidus says that card's not going to the graveyard. You're going to exile it. And I get a, I get a 2-2 zombie. Well, the opponents don't really care about the tutu zombie part. They care that they're not going to be able to do their thing. Mm. I played it one game, and it ran fine. It was nothing special. But then by the time I played it the second time, I ran into somebody who was playing... Oh... They were playing, I can't remember who what the commander was, but they were playing green-black. And Kalidas came out, and it just shut them down. And it was turn after turn. They had no way to access more draws, because they had nothing in the graveyard that would allow them to up, because that's how they were going to draw. Right. They had no way to do anything other than basically draw off, off the top of their deck and hope for some sort of creature removal. And it couldn't be... Non-black creature, because Kalidus is a black creature. So they were waiting and waiting and waiting. And in that particular game, they drew six cards and didn't draw a piece of removal. Well, it's six cards. That's not that unreasonable to not draw removal in six cards. Right. The expectation is, I'll draw more than six cards. Because I'm going to have, I have card draw engines in my deck, and I have other options to get two cards.
0: Right. And there are also two other players in the game. Right. But if you're the only one being shut out, then maybe they don't want to help you.
1: Right. Um, And then in other games, uh, I've had another game where two of my opponents (laughs) were completely shut out. And, you know, they can try and swing at me, but it wasn't doing them any good because at best they put a creature out. And then if I can kill it, I get bet, I get bigger. And they are hosed because the creature doesn't even go to the graveyard. So it got to the point where they were reluctant to even put a card out <laughs> onto the battlefield for fear that I would just kill it, get even stronger. Okay, so where's the fun? Mm. And that's what happened with this deck. It just seemed like every time I put it out there, I was hosing at least one of my opponents. And the ones that I weren't wasn't hosing, well... They still had some graveyard effects. Right. You know, even your mono white or mono blue has something every once in a while that gets stuff out of the graveyard. Or has some effect, you know, when something goes to the graveyard. Or somehow, I mean, graveyard recursion is something that has leached into virtually every color in Magic. Yes, black primarily, but all of them do it. And this card just says no. I am going to take your entire strategy and shut it down. So now, on top of that, now they also have to play with the restriction that if they ever do get a removal card, they have to hold it and they can only use it on my commander. It doesn't matter what else is on the board, how bad it is. (laughs) My card hoses their deck. So they have to save it for that. And then
0: at that point you can, you know... If, if there's any sort of protection on Kalidus, then everyone's boned.
1: <clears throat> well, yeah. So it just it warped the game to the point where opponents were, fo- were forced to focus on just that and nothing else. And honestly, the games just stopped being fun. And this isn't a product of what else is in the deck. Right. Because honestly, just the, yeah. it doesn't matter. That's... That's the tricky part with with, with Kalidas.
0: Yeah, sometimes it comes down to a simple one <coughs> sentence,
1: which is... And bad. in this case, it's, you know... Yeah. Exile the cards instead of having them go to the graveyard, so... Because it it's... Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's
0: significantly different than just playing a Bog on the person who's playing the graveyard deck. Uh, because, like, this is a constant thing. This isn't just, like, a one-time effect. This right. isn't, you know, they're getting carried away, so I played it. And targeted right. them. It's. I played it because it's my commander. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting too because uh, I mean, if any keen eared listeners out there remember from two weeks ago, uh, when Bruce was talking about his favorite cards of the year, yeah, he brought up uh, Liesa, li- yeah. Lisa, like Lisa, yeah, Lysa, uh Forgotten Angel, which she has a a line mm-hmm. that says if an opponent cre- if a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead, but it's. It's, I don't know. It's different. Like it, that. Like it, it's
1: it's a little different. I, I look I'll... at when I look at Liesa. Mm-hmm. I think like or even on even on Kalidus, mm-hmm. If they're not your commander, well, that's one thing. Right. Because now you're just telling the opponent, look, get rid of it. Yeah, get rid of it. You know, I have to I have to do all the work to get it back out of the graveyard. Or if you exile it, it's just gone. Yeah. But if it's your commander. Especially a commander that only costs four. Hmm. Congratulations, you got rid of it. Turns out it took you long enough that I now have six mana. <laughs> and the best play for me is to make sure you can't. <laughs> and that's part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, in theory, if I, you know if we all flip our commanders over and I see I'm playing against two people whose decks are going to get crushed when Kalidas hits the battlefield. Okay, well... I could just not play it. I just run a mono black deck. I mean, the deck is—you know—it is designed with Kallevas in mind, but it can certainly run without him. Yeah. But that's never been the way I play. Right. I, I'm not—I'm not the person who uh, sits down and says, you know, I've got a two card combo that automatically wins the game, but if I draw it, I won't play it. okay then just don't put it in the deck to begin with right Uh, it's like okay so I'm just gonna not play Kalidus and if you guys kill me then you kill me when at any moment in time I could just drop Kalidus and force you to deal with it and make your game that much harder Uh, if I have the card in the deck then I'm gonna play it right It's, it's a similar issue to
0: like Golos where like the like Golos Mm -hmm. as soon as he comes onto the battlefield pays for half of his his tax for the next time you pay so like immediately I mean he's a five color commander and is generally replaceable because I mean
1: this will be a topic for another episode but five color decks are Mm -hmm. the same well this to me this is the equivalent of saying well you know I have a demonic tutor in the deck but I only ever tutor for lands
0: right why? Why put it in there? Put
1: well, because
0: it. it's a two mana tutor. Right. You know, it's a zero mana tutor. <laughs> another land. Yeah, temporal yeah. expanse.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, just just put another land in if that's all you're going to do. Right. Um. It just it uh, the way the the way the deck plays out, it just makes it, it means that so 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 many games are just not going to be fun. Mm. And at some point, that's not—I mean—that's not fun for me either. <laughs> it's you know, sure, if I can get Kalidas out early and I can watch you—you know—watch you struggle against it for a turn or two. Well, that's fine. But uh, you know, it, it's when it—it's when it warps the game that I just can't—I uh, don't see why you know. Why am I spending? Why are we spending our time playing this game? It's just going to be unfun, yeah. And it's happened often enough now where, uh, where I don't really know if I want to play it. And this also isn't a case of the deck is overpowered, is too powerful for our metagame. This isn't a deck that is just you know super strong. This is mono black, it's basically mono black good stuff. Um, it doesn't really focus on Kalitas that much, it just Kalidas warps it, and when an opponent, you know, needs their graveyard, and I have easy access to a way to stop that endlessly, (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's hard not to play it again, and again, and again, and just, you know, it's like, keep dealing, keep dealing with it, better to just not have that option, yeah, or at least have a way to limit the strength of that option a little, yeah, so... Um,
0: well, I think now's a perfect time to throw it over to our sponsor. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, and when we come back from break, talk about more decks that we just, uh, we, we don't have time for, just, Right. uh, don't have time for that. <laughs> sure. Is that a, is that a reference I'm missing? Not really. I like it. That's, that's, that's my brand. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back. This episode of Temple of False Pod is brought to you by mulling down to five and then having your opponent look at you and say, just, just take seven. And now back to you. So we're back. Um... And uh, we're talking about decks that, uh, however you want to say it, it's decks that we wish we never made. Yeah, uh, it's perfect uh, Christmas time miracle uh, type theme. Like, like oh, I wish I was never born. And then, uh, it, decks from Christmas past. Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> like, what is it? Is Richie Rich? Uh with with, Mac, with with Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I wish I was never born. Uh there we go. Alright. Uh so this is the Richie Rich episode and uh the next deck that I want to talk about uh is my Galazeth Prismari deck. We've okay. we've talked about it on this show before. I enjoy the deck. It has the same problems my Omnath deck does, which is wheel spinning. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's a matter of budget at this point. This, At least this one. Uh, I think it's a deck that I think just takes too much space in my head.
1: Um, so, real quick. Yeah. Galazeth Prismari. Mm-hmm. It's two blue and a red for a 3-4 flying uh, elder dragon. He has uh, flying? Yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> When Galazeth Prismari enters the battlefield, create a create a treasure token. Artifacts you control have uh, tap, add one mana of any color, spend this mana only to cast an instant or sorcery spell. Right. So this deck, uh, much like the Omnath deck, has two
0: ways to go. You want to build right. up the artifacts and you want to build up the instants and sorceries. Um, all the while, you want to be able to live through that so you have a few creatures in there to Right. To to buffer your life total. Yep. Um, so that's the deck in its, in its pure <clears> form. <throat> but what I did was that I got too focused on doubling spells. And uh, if you've ever doubled spells before, your opponents look at you real fast as the target. Yeah. And uh, beyond that, uh, I have... I think one extra turn spell in there, which also makes people roll their eyes. Uh, I don't, I I don't play this game. So people roll their eyes at me. Uh, (laughs) sometimes it is nice to be the, um, the arch enemy as it were, Mm -hmm. uh, in a game. But if you're going into a game and not expecting that, then, uh, sometimes it's just frustrating.
1: Well, the, the thing is having played against, um, Galazeth Prismari, Mm -hmm. um, It takes the one turn. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: When you get that one turn that does extend, Mm -hmm. when you see the treasure tokens, when everybody watches as you're tapping the treasure tokens for mana instead of sacking them, Um, and that leads to a spell which leads to a spell which leads to a spell which leads to another spell which leads to another spell.
0: Which leads to storming off on Mind's Desire. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And uh, uh, the Phoenix... Right. Whatever the I don't even remember right. what it's called now.
1: Unlike Omnath, mm-hmm. this deck does something when that happens. Yeah. Um, so it tends to lead. It uh, I mean, with a small enough with a play group like ours, everybody has now seen this deck do this. Right. So everybody knows. And it's like, okay, coming for you. We got to go after Andy. Yeah. And there's not a lot of waiting.
0: And. I think at this po- at this point in the deck's life I'm I expect I expect yeah. that. So I've I've honed it a little so that it's a little at least a little more consistent. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I have yet to be able to figure out the balance between artifacts and spells because that's the biggest issue with right. this deck is that taking away artifacts reduces. gives you more room for spells. Yeah. But also vice versa. So like you have to find the balance so that you're not stuck without things to do um and i think that's like it just it 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 takes up so much space in my mind of just like how do i do this like i'm i'm fine that when i pull the deck out that people are coming after me i'm fine with that right um because i know that they're enjoying that that part yeah Um, i i get that it's not like a like an issue of like oh like we hate playing against this um i know it's not that oppressive Mm -hmm. um but it's just uh i can't i can't quite figure it out i'm not like a spell slingery kind of deck builder so like i thought it would be a fun exercise and now i'm just like not necessarily hooked but i'm 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 staring at it i'm like i don't want to take this spell out because it's fun to do but i need more
1: ways to get that off the ground um so is the issue with the deck how it has to be played or is the issue with the deck finding the balance so is this a matter of you know is this going to be a deck you enjoy once you tinker with it long enough that you feel like you found that balance or god i hope so (laughs) right
0: um i think i think right now the issue is for me like understanding um that each card needs a place in the deck rather than just like looking like fun right um, in a deck like this. yeah, obviously, there are decks that can get away with that and it's like a lot of fun to be like, oh my God, I want to play this card, so I'm gonna put it in this deck. with this deck, it is definitely the type that it will either do nothing all game or <laughs> it'll do nothing all game and I'll get super salty about it or uh it, uh, gets off to a speedy start. People start attacking me. And then uh, if I don't have it in that right balance, it will plateau. Right. And um, <clears throat> I'm stuck with, I don't know, lands in hand and like maybe, I don't know, like some boots. Sure. Um, so it, it's it's tough because the I guess the reason I wish I didn't make it is just like for every other reason other than... Like lesson learning, like like yeah. I've learned my lesson. Like I don't want to play spellswinger decks except for this one, um, and I think it's it, it's the thing in my mind that I'm like, oh, I I would love to double spells. That sounds like so much fun. But like that's where it ends. I can double my double spells, and I've got sure things like mind's desire. I've got things like uh, uh like like I've got wonderful things that to copy electro dominance, one of my favorite cards. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a one-time thing and it just if I don't if I'm not winning the game, if I'm not like actively progressing the game for literally everyone at the table right. with my one big thing, then what's the point right? Um, I feel like it's it's trying to look for a word other than masturbatory. Uh, and i'm failing failing to find <laughs> um, <laughs> but <coughs> it, it feels like a lot of uh, uh, smoke and mirrors and right. it's just not what i like so
1: well so this will lead almost directly into my other car my other deck um, it's uh Krond with the, the dawnclad Dawn um, let me read it sure
0: let me read it you read the other one all right kron the Dawnclad, is green 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 white 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 i believe we've talked about it once Uh or twice uh it's it's a it's a good deck it's a 6-6 flying vigilance legendary creature archon so is he like i know we've talked about this before is he the lion or is he the man
1: pretty sure he's the dude okay um but that's that's been a topic of discussion for years it,
0: it's interesting because Archon has a specific definition. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't want to look it up. It ruins the fun. Yeah. Uh, whenever Kron the Dawnclad attacks, if it's enchanted, exile target permanent. Exile target permanent.
1: Yes. So, <clears throat> Kron and I have had a love affair for uh, <laughs> 10 years. Let's say 10 years. Um, I built Kron... Uh, I wrote about Krond. Anybody who's interested can certainly look it up. I've written about Kron at least four or five times. Um, <clears throat> when it comes right down to it, uh, I love Kron. I love the idea of the card. I love a flying six-six vigilance creature. I love I love the Selesnia colors, and Krond was, vigilance. was supposed to be my deck building challenge. The idea that a six-six Vig with that ability it's like how can i best take advantage of this well uh it was you know i tried various i tried some some auras it wasn't that successful tried other auras, improved the success rate but not by a ton and eventually just uh, i mean had to had to fiddle with the land counts and the way the mana and the mana production for the deck because mm-hmm. hey three green and three white is not as easy as you might think, if you've never tried to do it, um, this deck just kept going and going. And most of the time, when I play it, I pull it out. Everyone's excited because it's different. It's something no one has, no one else plays this card, so it's different. And people who know me know that this is the this is one of the cards that is was this was a commander that was pretty consistent for me. Mm. Um, this deck lost all the time, all the time. When it won, it won most of the time because I was doing something else with the cards in the deck and Kron had nothing to
0: do with it. It won because everyone knew what the deck could do and looked other ways.
1: Yeah, They were like, ah, Bruce isn't a threat yet. The deck just, it was extremely slow to start. Mm -hmm. And then it was all about Kron. So the first enchantment that you played, or the first aura that you played, had to be some kind of protection. Had to be. Or else he was just going to be gone because nobody wants to see a permanent exiled. because it doesn't even have to be the person you're attacking. So I can <laughs> find somebody who is vulnerable where Kron will survive, swing at them, and then go after somebody else's thing. And they don't know it until the attack. Right. So everybody has a reason to go after Kron. And even if I say, I'm going after just that one, don't wo- everybody else doesn't have to worry. Well, they do have to worry mm. because... That's part of the problem. Basically, it was going through, and every time I tried to make the deck do what I wanted it to do, the deck would lose because it was this—it was this super-focused mm-hmm. point of attack, and most of the time it just didn't work. And I mean, I can make the deck better; it's not that hard. You got all these auras? Well, go with the enchantment themes. You are in Silesnia. But mm. then it's not about Kron anymore. I should pick a different commander. <laughs> um, or you can, you know, you can choose all sorts of ways to try and make the deck better. But all of them just involve not using Kron. Mm. And I was just like, well, then why is he there? So I kept trying, all, you know, I would alter it and alter it and alter it. And this deck has gone on for 10 years. And in that time, it has seen major overhauls, I don't know, four different times with minor changes to cards uh, all the time. It just never quite pulled it off. Um, So it was just... It wasn't that I never wanted to build it. It was just I needed to recognize that at some point I need to let this go, and it should have happened far earlier than it ever did.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's kind of the, the thing with these decks is that it's not that I wish I didn't build it, but it's just the... The baggage that came along with it was so unexpected. Um, yeah. I mean, I think with you and me both, like the our second decks were very like, uh, they it just how do how do how do we tinker? Like not even like how long do we tinker with this for? But like how do we like what like what is what is this working toward? And like at what point is working toward it? Uh, just hey, choose a different commander, um, right? And I don't know. It uh, it's interesting. I'm I'm working on a a Gruul build right now, and I'm mm-hmm. considering adding White to it to make a Naya deck because I don't know. What? White's cool. Um, White's got a bunch of
1: a bunch of stuff you want to try.
0: Yeah. Um, but I'm like, wh- like, wh- what is that step? And once I do it, will I regret it? And it right. I think. I think sometimes you just got to do it and then figure it out from there. Um, but um, next week yes. is our 50th episode. Boom. Um, it's also our season finale uh, is what happens when we have 10, ten, season ten finale- episode
1: seasons. You know what that means? It means Bruce needs to work on a deck.
0: Oh, my God. I do, too. Um, luckily, I think we'll be recording this in two weeks. Um because I have not started. Um, it's so interesting, because now that we've talked about Kron, I'm like, oh, I want to build a Kron deck. And I almost, I almost went, oh, we should have that be our our theme. But our theme for next week, uh, because it'll be the... Uh, it'll mark one month before the release of Neon Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, our theme is Kamigawa. Uh, we will... Uh, no, we'll, we'll not... We'll not... Uh, restrict ourselves any further than that but yeah. uh, that's our that's our theme we'll figure it out what that means uh, when we see you next time uh, thank you so much for listening we're at Temple of False Bud where decks are not optimized better plays sure as heck of fun I'm Andy I'm Bruce uh, <clears throat> go go build a deck uh, and then live to regret it uh, we will see you next week <laughs> thank you again for listening and may your fifth land be the temple bye, bye. Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at burned, and I'm at andyweekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, Uh, like a video there, leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!